Hello, welcome to Fairfax 50 Plus, a series featuring discussions on issues of interest to residents 50 and over. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition, we'll be talking to Miranda Gillespie, a substance abuse counselor with the Fairfax Falls Church Community Services Board. She's here to tell us about the use and abuse of opioids, how to tell whether you or someone you love may have a problem, and how to help. But first, a little bit about Miranda. She was born in South Carolina and grew up in Fairfax County. She's attended Northern Virginia Community College and Argosy University. She's now getting ready to return to school at Southern New Hampshire University. Good for you. Wish I had that, that gumption. <laughs> anyway, she's worked for the Community Services Board since 1999, uh, received her substance abuse counselor certificate in 2001. She's also a certified acupuncture detoxification specialist. I'm going to have to ask about that. Miranda works in a program called A New Beginning, where she facilitates an opioid recovery group. And Miranda, thanks for uh, being with us and a lot to talk about today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Got to first, before we get into the topic, I got to ask acupuncture detoxification specialist. What is that? So there are five points in your ear that for acupuncture that help with detoxification. And this is actually a a protocol that was started in the Bronx at a methadone clinic. And they found great results with detoxing people off of heroin instead of using methadone by doing acupuncture. It was an open clinic. People could come in any time of the day. So it grew from there. It's an organization called NADA. Okay, wow. Might have to do a, a, a podcast just about acupuncture. <laughs> Interesting. Um, community Services Board. Tell us a little bit about Community Services Board, what it is, what they do, before we kind of get into the, the main topic. Okay, so Fairfax Falls Church Community Service Board is one of 40 CSBs in the state. They are in, We are an agency that plans, organizes, and provides services to adults in the community that may have mental illness, a substance use disorder, Mm -hmm. and or a developmental disability, Mm -hmm. and also for youth that may have the same uh, diagnosis, and also for infants and toddlers up to the age of three. Wow, okay, so a lot of a lot of uh, programs, a lot of services for for the residents of the county. Yes. And unfortunately a problem that needs the services. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we mentioned a new beginning in, mm-hmm. in the introduction that you work with that program. Uh, residential program? It is. Okay. It's a residential program for adults in Fairfax County only. Mm. And we are a 60-day in-house program. But then they transition to our townhouse program, which is four months. Mm. And then once they complete that part of the program, they then do a 12-week continuing care program. Wow. Pretty intense. What, what, I, I guess, what's the, the ultimate goal? What's the, the purpose of the program? Sobriety and to get people back out in the community as citizens. And, and the residential part helps how? Absolutely, because it takes them out of their neighborhoods, communities, mm. family situations, whatever that some are homeless that can then have a safe place to get sober. Okay. And what about the argument, you take, you take me out of my environment where mm-hmm. I've had a problem for 60 days and then put me somewhere else for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. But then I go back right back to it. I mean, how how do do we solve that? You mean go back to the environment? Yeah. A lot of the times we don't recommend that they go back to the environment. 
because it's going to have the same old triggers, the same old issues. We do have a family program part of our, our program, A New Beginning, mm-hmm. which we invite all the families to participate. That gives a better outcome. Mm-hmm. Still, people going back to their environment or homes may not be the best option sure. right out of treatment. Yeah. Is this, is, I guess this is, they've kind of looked at it and it's kind of like with dieting they say just don't go on a diet change the way you eat so it's kind of changing your your attitude is this kind of enough time to break that that cycle of where you are and kind of start a new life cycle pattern if you will absolutely it's not going to change everything but it's going to start you know we really push the 12-step program Mm -hmm. so we encourage our clients to get a sponsor and develop a sober support network so they're not going to change all the ways that they have developed thinking the thinking patterns the behaviors that continue to get them in trouble but it's a good start yeah yeah and it at least helps them identify it Mainly here to talk about opioids, opioid use, opioid abuse, the problem. We hear a lot about it in the news. Can Can you paint a picture of the problem of opioid abuse in Fairfax County? In Fairfax County, if I have the numbers right, in 2016, 1,100 Virginians died of opiate overdose. In Fairfax in 2016, there were 100 drug-related overdoses. Wow. 80 of them were related to opiates. Wow. Okay. And I believe that was an increase from 80. And I don't remember if it was 2015 or 2014. So the problem is increasing. Correct. Is there any any reason why? Any theories, any thoughts, any chatter, discussion? Why are we hearing so much about opioid abuse and overdoses now versus, you know, years ago? Well, when I grew up and when you grew up, it was very difficult to get opiate pain medication, almost impossible. But what has happened with introduction of OxyContin is doctors started prescribing opiate pain medication significantly more for Mm. things such as tooth extraction, knee pain, and thinking that people wouldn't become addicted. But they did. And then you have the opiates around the house. You know, you don't finish a prescription, so they're up in the cabinet. The kids grandkids get a hold of it they start experimenting and then the ones that are predisposed for addiction then develop the addiction i was going to ask that yeah Yeah. and then once the addiction to opiate pain medication becomes too expensive because pain medications on the street are very expensive Mm. then that's where that transition into heroin comes in okay and unfortunately now we're seeing a lot of fentanyl and carfentanyl mixed in with the heroin and that's where a lot of the overdoses are coming in wow so is is the problem different for our older adult population than it is for the average general population i think there are some differences and that would be as we age our system processes medication different right Um, We may have more medical issues that take us to different doctors, so we have lots of different prescriptions. Mm. And there's a lot of medications that interact with each other. 
if you take an antibiotic and you take an opiate, the antibiotic changes the way the body processes the opiates and you can, you're at higher risk to have an overdose that way. Hmm. Well, let me, let, me, let me jump in and ask you the, this is and I guess a two-part question is is addiction because we're we're Fairfax 50 plus mm-hmm. podcast is addiction for the older adult you're kind of leading to it which I'm, I'm assuming is the, the answer to my question is yes but is is addiction easier and is the increase of medications that you were talking about for our older population making it easier for, unfortunately, children, grandchildren, caregivers to become addicted? So a mouthful of a couple of questions here. (laughs) Um, I do think it can create the opportunity for somebody to get introduced to opiates sooner. You know, if they know their grandparents have Mm -hmm. the pain medication and then they can go to the grandparents' house and and take that pain medication. Okay, okay. So that has definitely been part of stories of clients that I have worked with. As far as older people and abuse to opiates, that is increasing. Hmm. I'm not so great remembering all the statistics and numbers, but I do know that John Hopkins has recently done a study and they are projecting that it is going to increase by 2020 right. for people 50 and older. Right. Well, you mentioned earlier, you know, like knee pain and those kind of things. I'm thinking about, you know, with the uh, increasing number of, you know, knee replacement surgeries or hip replacements and you get these pain medicines and mm-hmm. then it may become harder to get off of them. And, 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 and there you go down that down that road. Um, if I'm a caregiver for an older adult mm-hmm. um, or, you know, just my, my parents or whatever, uh, or family or friends, how, is there something I can look at? How can I suspect? How do I know if they have a, a problem with opioid addiction? Okay, great. Um, I do want to point out there is a difference between being dependent on an opiate because you've been on a pain medication for mm. a while and addiction. Sure, sure. So just because somebody's been on a pain medication for a while and may have to be slowly titrated off of that doesn't mean they're addicted to it. Gotcha, gotcha. But signs of addiction would be somebody running out of their prescription sooner, um, saying that mm. the level, the dose that they're taking isn't helping the pain anymore, mm. and they're continuing to ask for it to be increased and gotcha. increased. Gotcha. Um, you may see that when they run out of the medication that they're going into withdrawal, mm. which looks like the worst flu you've ever had times that by 10. Wow. Um, and that's bad bad now because of the, the flu season is yes, awful. And yeah. Uh, and also if they're going around to several different doctors mm-hmm. requesting pain medication. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. I know this is not, nothing is typical, mm-hmm. you know, but is there a, you know, I'm doing my air quotes here, typical journey, if you will, through through opioid abuse? You know, where does it, you know, again, air quote, typically begin, typically end, you know, that kind of thing? Well, a lot of what we have seen is it starts with pain medication, where someone is prescribed pain medication due to an injury or um, a surgery, 
and then they start taking that and realize that they really like the effect of it. Mm -hmm. They like the way it makes them feel. Mm -hmm. So they start getting their prescriptions refilled more. And then if they get to the point where that doctor may not refill it as often or as fast as they like, then they may go from doctor to doctor and have multiple doctors. So that's where it would start. And then what we have also seen is that when once they are unable to afford the narcotic pain medication, people then switch over transition to heroin. But that's mainly in our, our younger population. Mm-hmm. But I have definitely seen some people 50 right. and older right. that have transitioned to heroin. Right. How does it end? Where does it end? Well, overdose is a, a big uh, yeah, possibility right. these days, um, but treatment is a wonderful thing. Recovery is a great thing. So coming into a residential program, either through a detox program mm-hmm. um, or, you know, now we have buprenorphine, which is a addiction medicine that can be prescribed mm-hmm. out of a doctor's office. Okay. You know, you no longer have to go down to the methadone clinic. <laughs> You know, so buprenorphine is a medication that somebody can take instead of having to abuse opiates anymore. And that can either help them detox off opiates or they can stay on that until they develop a foundation in their recovery and then work with their doctor and counselor to titrate off of it. Right. It's probably a little scary hearing us talk, you know, about these pain medications that are supposed to help us and that, you know, we may become addicted to, you know. Are there any tips that you can get on how to prevent that that dependency, for, you know, and we're talking really for that dependency in this, in this instance on like prescribed pain medications? Um, one would be education. Mm. You know, a lot of like my grandmother and people in my mom's age group didn't know about being able to become addicted to opiates so education is a big piece developing a plan Mm -hmm. you know uh, with family or caregivers that they're going to hold the medication and they're only going to give it to you as prescribed so i think developing a plan and education are the two biggest things that someone can do to safely take opiates right and and like you said that education that awareness just being mindful that, you know, I've had this surgery or whatever, going to take this medication to get through the pain, but I'm going to keep it in my mind that, you know, as, as when I start feeling better, I maybe need to talk to my doctor and decrease the medication mm-hmm. or start weaning off of it, that type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the longer you've been on a pain medication, it is very important to talk with your doctor about developing a plan to come off of it. Yeah. Nowadays, more doctors are aware of dependency versus addiction Mm -hmm. so they're more likely to work with somebody to slowly titrate it versus just cutting it off gotcha which happened a lot in the past Mm -hmm. before i ask you to we've been kind of talking you know negative down you know kind of the doom and gloom Mm -hmm. i want to get you to share a a success story if you can but before we do that is there a telephone number a website you know how can folks get more information you know if they have questions that type of thing sure so the csb entry and referral center their phone number is 703-383-8500 And you can also go online and search for Fairfax Falls Church Community Service Board, 
And then there you can find all the different services. And also calling Detox, which is 703-502-7000. They can also provide you with education and uh, referrals mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and end us with a positive, uplifting recovery story, if you Sure. Will. Recently, I had a female client who was in her uh, late 20s, and she came to the CSB f- through a program that the police are working with called Project Save Lives. Mm. She was arrested for possession, and they brought her in. She had an assessment. She came into treatment, and she's doing great. She's sober, she's got a full-time job, she's working on the relationship with her mom and her significant other. So it's really great to see her blossom into this woman that she hasn't been for a really long time. Right. We've been talking with Miranda Gillespie of the Fairfax Falls Church Community Service Board about the growing problem really of opioid addiction uh, in Fairfax County and across the country. Um, Final 30 seconds, I'm going to give you the final word. Anything I didn't ask you, anything you want to let our listeners know about about the issue or the Community Services Board? Sure. If you or someone you love has a addiction or a problem with opiates, the county offers Revive Trainings, which is a program through the state, which teaches you how to administer naloxone, which is the overdose reversal drug, and provides it for you. So you can Google Revive VA, and they list all of the trainings there, or also on the CSB's website. They will have all the different mm-hmm. trainings. Okay, awesome. Miranda, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. If you think you or someone you know may have an addiction issue, again, call the Community Services Board, that number 703-383-8500, or you can visit online, fairfaxcounty.gov community services board, or if it's easier, just uh, search Community Services Board at fairfaxcounty.gov. You can find county older adult services, recreation, community engagement opportunities by calling 703-324-7948 Monday through Friday or go online to fairfaxcounty.gov slash older adults. And when you're on that webpage, be sure to subscribe to the monthly Golden Gazette newspaper and Fairfax 50 Plus e-news. You can also link over to the new Fairfax 50 Plus Facebook page and be sure to like the page to receive more updates. Thanks for listening to the Fairfax 50 Plus podcast, which is produced twice monthly by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.